You belong to the same family. Amen? That's your family. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Last week I asked the question, have you ever been discouraged? It's like asking, like I said, it's like asking, are you human? Everybody's gone through discouragement. Things happen to get us to a place of discouragement. And we talked about uh, the people of God. We went to the book of Ezra talking about how the people of God were discouraged. God had given the word to the king of uh, uh, Persia, Cyrus by name. And God had mentioned that by Cyrus before. And God said, Cyrus said, God, the God of heaven, a Gentile king, the God of heaven has spoken to me and he has told me to build his temple in Jerusalem. And I'm going to provide the resources and I'm going to let the people of God go to build it. But just because God has given you a promise, just because God has given you a word, just because you have this dream and you know it's God's dream, God gave me that dream, and you dream in your mind, when this dream is fulfilled, many will come to know God, many will praise God, God will be glorified, doesn't mean you are not going to be confronted with opposition. Opposition will come. Even if it's coming from the king of the land, you still will confront, you'll be confronted with opposition. God allows it to see what you will do. To see how you will handle it. Moses had opposition. Going to the promised land, you will always have opposition. And the opposition is to discourage you. So God told Joshua, you're going into your promised land and every one of you is going into your promised land. The promised land is different for every one of us. But we know, based on God's word, it's flowing with milk and honey. But just because God says you're going into the promised land, I have the promised land for you, doesn't mean you don't have to fight. You still have to fight for your promised land. Because there will be opposition. So God said to Joshua, be of a good courage. Because discouragement means the absence of courage. And so we need to have courage. But in the book of Ezra, the people went to build. They were excited. They laid the foundation. Everyone was glad. The young people who had not seen the temple of Solomon that was so glorious, they shouted for joy. But the older people that had seen that temple before it was destroyed, they wept bitterly. And you couldn't tell the difference because it said the noise filled the sky. And they started to build, and opposition came, and they quit building, like I said, for 16 years, they couldn't build, they couldn't complete it. And what did God do to get them out of discouragement? Because he said, the enemy sent people to discourage them, and they were successful, and so for 16 years, they were not doing God's work, they were doing their own thing, building their own houses, and so God did something to get them back. To get their courage back into them. And what did God do? He sent them two prophets. We said last week. He sent them Haggai and uh, Zechariah. And those prophets 
gave them the word of God. Zachariah was pretty tough. I mean, a guy was pretty tough. He was telling them, it isn't good for you to live in these fancy houses. Whereas you left building the temple of God, that was what brought them to the land. It's not good. And he was pointing out their sins to them and what they had done, their neglect and everything. He pointed it out to them. But Zechariah, he was the prophet of hope. He started talking to them. Yeah, he says, God is saying, you return to me and I'll return to you. I'll return to you. And he started telling them God was going to do something new. If you read in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17, he says, again proclaimed. He's telling Zechariah to proclaim again. Don't sell the Lord of hosts. My city shall again spread out through prosperity. Not just one city. God said, Nebuchadnezzar came. He destroyed your city. You're discouraged about just building the temple. But let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to spread out. My cities will again spread out through prosperity. And God says, the Lord will again comfort Zion. Comfort means I'm going to be with you and bless you. No more discouragement. And I will again choose Jerusalem. And I said last week that Zechariah, the prophet of hope, his name, Zechariah, means whom God remembers. Whom God remembers. His father's name was Berechiah. That means he blesses. And his grandfather's name was Edo. At the appointed time. So, whom God remembers, he blesses at the appointed time. You see, God has an appointed time for you. Even though you're discouraged, God will come through to speak to you and bring you back to your place. And it may not be completed at that point, but that's the beginning of the appointed time. And God will finish his work in your life. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. So, how do we overcome discouragement? We talked about one of the, the reasons for discouragement is, is um, stress. Stress, overwork, tiredness, and all of that. When you overwork, the best thing to do is find some time, go find some rest. It's very spiritual. Rest is very spiritual, I'm telling you. Sleep is really spiritual. Hello. <laughs> because when you're stressed, you see things differently. Your body is, go- everything is magnified. A little pain and you're screaming. Because you're stressed. Your child says, hi daddy. You are. <laughs> and so discouragement comes. So the best thing is go get some rest. So you can think, well, think straight. If you think it's not spiritual, remember the disciples were with Jesus. They've been preaching around, doing all kinds of stuff. And Jesus said, come with me to the desert place. You need some rest. That's the Son of God. You need it. It's part of life. Don't be super spiritual. You're coming down. If you keep going that way, find some place and have some good nap. Okay, rest. Sleep, whatever you call it. You can snore if you want. It's good for you. But get some rest. Get some rest. Amen? 
That will keep, that will energize your body. It's very spiritual. Remember what Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. It's spiritual. It's very spiritual. Get some rest so that you can analyze what you are, what's going on in your life from the right mind and be able to let God then begin to speak. So the first thing is rest. The second thing you need is a serious encounter with God. You need a fresh encounter with God. Whenever you're discouraged, what you need is a fresh encounter with God. That's what those people needed in the days of Ezra. They needed this fresh encounter. They knew God. They knew the story. They knew that Cyrus, God had spoken to the king Cyrus. They had all the information. They knew everything about what God did with Solomon. They had all of that. Still, they were discouraged. So what we need when we are discouraged, the first thing you really need is a fresh, a fresh encounter with God. That's what my wife mentioned today about uh, David. The people were talking about stoning him, and David went to be with God to have a fresh encounter with God. And when he came out of that place, he was encouraged, and he also knew exactly what to do. He knew exactly what to do. What did God do with the the children of Israel? He gave them two prophets. What were they doing? They were sharing with them the words of the Lord. In our time, we don't have prophets to constantly be preaching to us, but we have the book. Everything is written in the book. Go back to your Bible. When you are discouraged, let me let you know this. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like reading the Bible. Like I said last week, what most people do, they'll turn to something different. They want to watch television. They want to watch sports. They want to go, go on traveling. Just avoiding what's going on. If you remind them, they say, look, I tried that before. It didn't work. So I'm not going there. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about something different. But you had that vision for years. You tried. Why are you giving up right now? Because you're discouraged. But remember I said to you, just because you have a setback doesn't mean it's over. In my mind, and I believe according to the scripture with God, a setback is a setup for something better. Don't buy into that setback. It's another way for you to know how it doesn't work. Find some other way. And if God gave you that dream, it will come to pass. If you lock hands with God, it will come to pass. Don't just let go. Stay with it. And God will bring it to pass. So they needed a fresh encounter with God. And God gave them these two prophets to share with them. If you know that God's with you, and you know that you are a child of God, and you're suffering discouragement, that means you have forgotten the tender mercies of our God. You forgot. 
The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Your soul has forgotten the tender mercies of the Lord because your soul is the seat of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Then you are not willing. Your soul has forgotten all of His benefits. Your soul needs to be awakened. Amen. And that's what God is. And what will awaken your soul? The Word of God. The Bible says, the, Jesus himself said in John chapter 6, verse 63, this, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The Word of God can awaken your soul. Now, in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1 and 2, he says, Awake! Awake! Put on your strength, O Zion. Awake, awake. You're discouraged. God's telling, wake up. Wake up through the word of God. Put, up, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourselves from the dust, he says. Arise! Shake yourself from the dust, from this dust and this, awake from the sleep of discouragement. Awake through the word of God. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise! And then he said, sit down. Can you see it in the scripture? Arise and then sit down. Amen. Sit you want him, which one you want me to do? No, kidding. <laughs> Sit down, O Jerusalem. Then he says, lose yourself from the bones of your neck. O captive daughter of Zion. So God wants to awaken you, and the only way God does that is through his word. And, and don't do this, please. The word of God can speak to you. It doesn't matter what the, ti- the, uh, the title of the message is. Everyone hears it differently. Amen? No, I'm not going to listen to that. That's not what I need. The title doesn't even fit. You don't understand. The word of God is powerful. He knows where you are. The word can speak to your situation. But please don't do this. Don't do that. What I mean is, you can read from many passage in the scriptures, and God will still speak to you. Something will jump out of that word, speaking to your very situation. I don't know how it works, but that's, you're dealing with God Almighty. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And this is the book of life. It doesn't matter what path you go. You want to go to the New Testament? That's all. Go there. If you want to go to the Old Testament, go there. But wherever you read, God will find a way to get to you. If you're looking for him. And that will give you a fresh encounter with your God. So you know God has given you fresh bread. And then you are encouraged inside. And then you can stand. You can rise. And you can sit and begin to think. How to free yourself from these bonds over your neck. Only God can do that. So expose yourself to the word of God. 
Don't stay away from church. That's when to go to church. Amen? I hear this, you know. Well, I'm feeling that my, I have a, a headache this morning, so I'm going to stay home. That's not the time to stay home. That's the time to go to church and say, brother, lay your hands on me. Because the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the time to go to church. But that's what the enemy wants to do. Expose yourself. If you feel discouraged, your soul doesn't want to do that. But that's what you really need. Begin to read the word and God will expose things to you. And that's what happened with the children of Israel. Zerubbabel and Joshua... They were already discouraged doing their own thing until those, these two prophets, Agai and Zechariah, showed up and they started speaking and immediately they went back to work. They went back to work. The discouragement was gone. Discouragement was gone. Number two, get back to working for God. Your discouragement will be gone. Get back to working for God. As you bury yourself in the word of God, the light of the word of God will begin to shine upon your heart and shine upon your situation and give you wisdom. The only place to get through wisdom is from the word. God will begin to speak to you things that have not entered into the ears of men, things that have not come into your heart. God will begin to speak to you. Why? Because you turn to him. God and his word, they're one. They're one. So as you, the word of God begins to work in your heart, the things that meant so much to you, guess what? Will begin to lose their importance because they're really not important. They were just there to trouble you. You were drawn to this thing, but now you're drawn to the word of God and God begins to shine the light into your heart and those things that got a hold of your heart that were making you miserable, they lose their hold upon your life. They are not as important anymore because you are seeing things differently. And that's the way you should see. It's like God has opened your eyes. I was blind, now I see. God will begin to work on your priorities. What's important and what's not important. And as he does that, you want to do God's word. Let me read this scripture here. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It says, for the word of God is living. You want life? Get the word of God. You want encouragement? Get the word of God. The word of God is living and what? Powerful. God said, is my word not like hammer? Hammer everything away. (laughs) Amen. God says his word will never return to him void. If you take God's word, he'll make you. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, God opposes everything by the word of his power. The universe, Pluto, all of those planets, you know what's holding them in place? The word of God. And I can tell you this, the word of God can hold you plus your situation that's discouraging you and free you from that situation so that you shake yourself like Samson and say, I'm ready to go. Amen. I'm ready to go. I'll take them on and I know I'll kill them all. Amen. So he begins to change. He says, the word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Your soul is troubled, but your spirit knows exactly what to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. He separates them. Not your emotions, your thinking straight. Because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. You are not discouraged. You are filled with courage. You can take them on. The word of God is sharper. That's what he's telling us. Sharper than any two-edged sword. He pierces to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And he's a designer of the thoughts of the, and intents of the heart. He knows what's going on there. But you say, the Bible says, commit your ways to God and he will direct your path. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So everywhere you go, God's protecting you, protecting your project, protecting your vision, protecting whatever is in you for his name because his glory is upon your life. What happens to you must bring him glory. And if he's not going to bring him glory, he takes it out of your life. But you got to get it from your word. You got to get it from the word. You guys are real quiet. I'm getting too excited, but I don't know what's going on. This is exciting. This is exciting. He will begin to change your priorities. And as you walk in the Lord and you begin to do what He tells you to do, things will begin to happen. You will begin to realize that these things are not really that important. Because God directing your path. You know how to get to the top. Because God has already said, you will be head and not tail. Above and never beneath. You begin to get that vision. And you begin to see what God says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. You begin to see clearly. And you go back to the work of, word of God. The work of God. That's exactly what these people did. When they heard the word, they understood it. God's with us. God's going to spread out his cities. We're going to be prosperous. They're not even the king can stop us. We'll start building. And they started building that, that temple. And in less than five years, a little over four years, they completed the temple. Whereas they had been discouraged for 16 years, they did nothing. But when God spoke to them through his word, and they were encouraged, he didn't take them much time. All the resources, you need to read that scripture, how God did it. It was an amazing thing. They were fully encouraged. You know, a lot of people go to church, sometimes we get discouraged because God, as a Christian, you, things get in, your, get in your way and you get discouraged. You know why? Most likely, you have no ministry. If I ask you, what is your ministry? How long have you been a Christian? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then, what's your ministry? Most Christians don't realize you should have a ministry in the house of God. Those people were building. Everyone wasn't laying bricks. There were people making mortar, right? And everyone was busy. This is the house of God. You build the house of God and God will build your house. You build God's vision and God will build your vision. <coughs> so go back to working for God. And you will be encouraged. What's your ministry? 
I said the other day, a, 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 a woman went to a pastor and was asking uh, if she was discouraged. And he wanted pastor to help with the discouragement and, and the sorrow she was feeling. And pastor said, uh, what's your ministry? And she goes, what did you say? Pastor said, did I understand what you're saying right? He said, yeah, I asked you what your ministry was. Well, I'm a church member. Yes, I know that. But what's your ministry? We got street ministry. Just find something to do for God. Amen? There is something that comes into your life when you work for God. I'm telling you the truth. There is something. I think uh, Paul says this. He says it, says it this way. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. When you walk for God, you don't understand it. There is this joy that comes into your life just because you're doing something for God. He, you cannot explain it. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Go back to doing something for God. Even if you're discouraged, in working for God, God's going to create that path for you. Especially when you have been standing at the sidelines for a long time. Find something to do in the house of God. Just something to do. I had ministry and my ministry changed. I didn't really like anybody putting any kind of ministry on me. There was a time they said, well, uh, his ministry is to cast out demons. I said, that's not me. They call it deliverance ministry. No, I'm not deliverance ministry. I just do that. Because I knew that that could change. And at that time, oh, he, his ministry is to help people get filled with the Holy Spirit. They can pray in tongues. Yeah, I did that. But that was in my ministry. <laughs> my ministry is to serve God. Amen? And whatever is needed, I'll do it. Amen? And when you do it, something comes to you. It's like when I go to Calvert, and we're knocking on doors, from door to door. I live with some joy. I can't explain it. But remember this. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When you do something, that strength will destroy the discouragement. Walking for God and having the joy of the Lord in your heart make you totally resistant to discouragement. When you are working for God and the joy of God is in you, yeah, discouragement doesn't bother you. Because as soon as you, you kneel to pray, the Lord says something to you to encourage you. That's what happened with David. Remember, he went into the house and he says, God, you know, my men are talking about stoning me. <laughs> How good is it to be a leader, right? <laughs> it's the men were talking about stoning him. I mean, this is a man, he, he's lost his children and his wife, and he was alone. His friends that he trained and brought up, they were talking about killing him. And he heard it. But the Bible says, and David went before the Lord and strengthened himself in the Lord. In other words, he got encouraged. And then after he got encouraged, he asked the Lord, uh, can you tell me what to do? My kids are still, I say they're still alive. How do I get them? Don't worry, you go. I, 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 no, not a soul will be there. God encouraged him, and though he had seen nothing, he was encouraged because he had been in the very presence of God. Amen? He makes you resistant 
to discouragement. You know, um, Zerubbabel and uh, Joshua, after they were encouraged by these prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, they started building the temple. Now there was a new governor in Judea, Tetaniah. And immediately, in their mind, that's rebellion against the king. They, they didn't know anything about Cyrus. You're building that temple. We've heard about you guys, Jews. We know when you build that temple, you know how the Pilate was so scared of what's happening. I mean, they, they knew about these whole things. The Jews, they are stubborn about their God. And their God, they are the mighty gods that fight for them and he'll kill anybody standing in his way. They knew about that. So Tetanaya went to them. And they were also going to discourage them. And they told them, who commanded you to build this temple? But these guys were encouraged. You know what they did? They said, you want the names of everyone that's building? We'll give them to you. We're not scared. If you want to give the names to your king, yes. These are the names of everyone that's helping to build. You can give them to the king. And then they testified to them. They were not afraid. They said, listen. Listen. We're building this temple to the God of heaven and earth. And we are his servants. We are his people. This temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Because our fathers rebelled against God. That's why he was able to do it. They rebelled against God. So God got upset with them and he brought Nebuchadnezzar to carry them away into captivity. But then the same heaven, the same heavenly God spoke to Cyrus. You can check, they said. We have it in the archives in Babylon. Cyrus was the one that gave us commandment to do this. So you, Tetaniah, and your friends, governor, you send a message. But you know, Tetaniah believed them. Amen? Sometimes the way to get out of discouragement is to testify. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by what? And the word of their testimony. They believed them. They believed them. Usually those governors will stop the work. Tetaniah believed to the point and he said... I'm going to go ahead and send a letter, but you guys can continue to build until I hear from the king. Can I hear an amen? That's amazing. When you testify, God stands with you. And discouragement is gone when you listen to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Let me read this to you. This is, this is exciting. I know you guys are required, but I'm, very, I'm jumping right now in myself. This is exciting for me. Because God is able, no matter what's going on in your life, God can get you out of it. And he wants the privilege to do that for you so that you can praise him and know that he's a good God. Because there's a devil that's been running around telling people, God has forgotten you, God doesn't care, he doesn't care about your family, he doesn't care about you. He's a liar. The Bible says he doesn't know how to tell the truth. But if you can believe God, God can come through for you. And you rejoice, your family rejoice, and you can testify. you got a testimony. Look, listen to this. He says, and at the same time, Tetaniah, the governor of the region beyond the river, 
That's Ezra chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. And uh, Cheta Bosnet and, the, and the compa- their companion came to them and spoke thus to them. Who has commanded you to build this temple and finish this wall? Then accordingly, we told them the names of the men who were constructing the building. They didn't have their names. Look at what it says. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, so that they could not make them see till a report could go to Darius, who was the new king, who didn't know Cyrus. Then a, a, a written answer was returned concerning this matter. In other words, when they testify, when you testify, the eye of your God will be upon you. And discouragement has no place. You are totally resistant to discouragement. When you testify, and I'm going to go with this, tell you this story. You can read back in Israel. The word went to the king. And Daniel said, check the archives in Babylon. We want to see where, if this thing was true. And they checked it, and it was there. And he wrote back. He said, now you governors, stay away from the building of that thing. Stay away from that temple. And anyone who comes against faith, let that same mighty God deal with that person. And he said, the taxes that you collect from the people, that's what you use to provide for their needs. And I'm also, I want you to give them bulls. And, and, and go for them to do sacrifice to this God of heaven. Can you see how God will work? When you come out of discouragement, the doors are open. No. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no, I fear no evil. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't stand there. Hello? Walk through the valley of discouragement. Don't stay there. Come out of it. Do what it takes to come out of it. And God will stand on your side. Amen? I got to stop here. Too exciting. I have some things I want to share with you about this. This is very important. Number three, I won't preach it today, (laughs) but I'll let you know so you come back. Hello. (laughs) Number three, live to please God only. And I have a lot I want to say about this to you. Live to please God, just God alone. Because they like you today, tomorrow they hate you. Persevere in the face of opposition. Trust God. Always. Even when you don't understand what's going on. Trust Him. Don't let go. Develop a consistent prayer life. I'll tell you why that's important. By the grace of God. It's so important. It's consistent. The key word is consistent. Prayer life. And the last one, number seven, because a preacher has to have seven points, right? 
Otherwise, it's not a good preacher. I got to have seven points. <laughs> the last one, seek encouraging friends. And that's very important. Seek encouraging friends. Amen? Please bow your head with me, heads with me this morning. Father, we thank you. Perhaps there are those here today, Lord God, that don't know you, have not given their lives to you. Lord, help them to understand that God himself came in human form in the man Jesus Christ, Son of God, and that Jesus gave his life just to have them to be a part of his family. Lord, help us and help especially those who are here today that they might find their place in God. For you're calling them. You're calling them and you're seeking them. You're looking for them to find them, to bring them back to your Father. That's what you're doing today, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you will soften their hearts and give them that power of obedience that can only come from your Holy Spirit to make that decision for Jesus to be on the side of Christ in this present life. If you're here this morning and you have not completely given your heart, sold out to Christ, and you say, I need Jesus in my life. This is no game. I need Jesus. I want him. He is wanting to have you. To have you, but you still have yourself. You even have yourself more than you had yourself before you found him, before you accepted him. So this morning, if you want to make that decision for Christ, at the count of three, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Please raise your hand and be sincere with God, and God will hear your prayer, and he will bless you. I will pray with you. At the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Can I see your hand up, please? One, three. Put your hand up. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you. You all say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. For me. Lord Jesus, I receive you this morning as my Lord and Savior. I will serve you as you give me grace. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.